Welcome to Brazen, a weekly podcast where we get down and dirty on how we can live a more curious, bold, and vibrant life. We are your hosts, Callie Hughes, a functional wellness nurse practitioner, and Valerie King-Maller, a transformational life and mindset coach. In this podcast, we are helping women stop people-pleasing and perfectionism, awaken their inner badass, and discover what can happen when we take the lead in our own life. Join us every Tuesday as we explore everything available to us when we brazenly take accountability for our life and well-being. Welcome back to another episode of the Brazen Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about how you can start renegotiating household labor and childcare duties with your spouse or your partner. A lot of times this is unevenly split between the two adults in the household. And it's typically the wife or the mother who takes on the lion's share of all of the household maintenance and childcare tasks. Not in every case. There are households where it's the dad or the husband. This is most often an issue in households where there is a mother and a father. And it goes back to decades ago when mothers stayed home and they were housekeepers and homemakers and they took care of the kids. And as time has gone on and there are more women now in the workforce than there used to be decades ago, the division of labor has not changed a whole lot compared to what it looked like in the 30s, 40s, 50s. So we're going to talk today about how you can start establishing a more equitable split in the household and childcare duties in your household. If that's something that maybe you're feeling could be improved upon. So let's get started. I did want to touch on what exactly I mean by an equitable split in the labor. So you might notice that I didn't say equal split, and that is intentional. So let me explain from the perspective of my relationship and my family situation. So I had been working full-time, as was my husband, outside the home. And at that time, there was that was when we had our first conversation about splitting things. And so that was a pretty even split down the middle. You take this half, I take this half. There were a lot of things that we decided together did not matter because neither of us had time to do it. And it really didn't make that big of an impact for us or our family So certain tasks we agreed are not going to focus on that as a priority. We were able to delegate some things like we're fortunate enough to be able to afford having a house cleaner come in once a week. And so that was 
a lot of things off both of our plates. But then our situation changed in the spring when I left my job where I was working outside the home and I started working from home and not quite a full-time schedule. Like I probably put 30-ish hours of work in a week. So we didn't keep things 50-50 at that point. We renegotiated what we had renegotiated. So we (laughs) revisited it. And since I was going to be home more, we talked about what things might we be able to bring back that we had backburnered for a while. And if we still needed to have all the things outsourced that we had before. And I actually ended up taking on a couple more tasks onto my plate because I had more time and more availability. I wasn't commuting and I was at home more. So it's easy for me to get a couple extra things done. So if you look at the breakdown of the tasks, there is a greater number, I think, on my side versus his, but I still consider it a pretty fair split. Like you're not always marriage and partnership is never 50-50. There's always going to be somebody carrying more of the slack than someone else. So that's what I mean by having it be an equitable split. If you are working 50 hours a week outside the home and your husband or your partner is maybe working part-time or they're a stay-at-home parent, the division of labor is going to not look 50-50, but that's okay As long as both parties feel that it's a fair split and you both still have time to yourselves, time to spend with your own friends outside of the home, time to do things that you need to do. As long as everybody feels good about that, then, you know, it can look however you want it to look. But I just wanted to touch on that because it's not always going to be 50-50 and that's okay. It just depends on your own individual situation and what works for everybody involved. So this is something that I have done in my own household. My husband and I generally have a really good split in household labor, but there was a little bit of a mismatch So what I did was I started by just bringing the subject up. My husband is really great about being open to talking about stuff like this. And so it really wasn't a difficult conversation to start with him. And what we talked about was how, like what he does versus what I do, because there's a lot of stuff that bear a pretty heavy mental load versus things that you can see on the surface. Like for instance, things like meal planning and like making dinners. So it looks on the surface, like it's pretty simple. Like my husband is the one in our household who cooks the meals. He's a much better cook than I am. So 
on the surface, it looks like he handles that task, but then you have to consider the mental load of doing like the inventory on different grocery items and then making the grocery list and getting the groceries and planning out what the meals are going to be and just making sure that the all the background stuff is taken care of so that he can cook the dinners every night. A lot that kind of goes into thinking about the true division of labor. And a lot of times the there's a Gallup poll that shows the breakdown of people who are responsible for the majority of household labor. And it's 51% females or the women in the household. And then there's 30% that say that it's an even split. And then there's a small percentage that the man or the husband takes on the majority of the tasks at home. But what that survey doesn't cover and what I would pose as a question is does that take into account the invisible labor or the mental load because it's really easy to say oh I threw the laundry in like I and I switched it over from the washer to the dryer so like I did the laundry but did you empty the lint trap? Did you fold it? Did you put it away? Did you make sure that any stains got the stain remover spray put to them? It's like all those little things that the person who's in charge of doing the bulk of the labor thinks about, but it's not stuff that's like outwardly evident all the time. Val, do you have tips for us that might help our listeners start that tough conversation if they think their partners might be resistant to the topic or not super thrilled about the idea of taking on more of the household labor or childcare duties? Like, how can we start that conversation if we think it might be rough? Yeah, I think that it's the same way that you would start any difficult conversation where you would mention something from your perspective. So I think it could be something like, I'm feeling really overwhelmed between my job and the stuff we need to do at home and the childcare. So I was wondering if we could have just a little chat about what our priorities are and make it a more collaborative discussion. And I think a good way to kind of segue is to just maybe make a list of what needs to get done in your house and prioritize it so that it's more of a factual discussion rather than you do this, I do this, I'm doing everything accusatory kind of conversation. So if you can like list on paper, these are the 20 things that need to get done weekly or daily. (laughs) And these are our priorities and work together to like list, okay, this is priority number one, like laundry is super important for us. So that's going to be like our top priority on a day-to-day basis. And then from there, you can even like list, okay, we want to outsource this particular thing and we want, this is something you like doing. So we'll put this in your category. And so 
it basically just makes it a more factual discussion and a collaboration. And I think that's the key to creating a safe space for the discussion to go forward. Yeah, I agree. I think anytime that you go into a conversation guns blazing and are geared up for it to be some kind of a fight or a confrontation, it's just not going to go well. So what my husband and I did was we did sit down and we listed out all of the different tasks that have to be done. And so that actually, it took a while, but you can search online and come up with like sample lists of household duties that'll get your get your mind running and thinking of all the other things that you do so you can list those out. It serves as some inspiration. And what we did was we went a step further and we talked about, okay, for let's say laundry, what's the minimum standard of doing the laundry? Because my definition of doing the laundry, like completing that task start to finish might look different than his definition. And so discussing each of those tasks in that type of a way where we talk about our own perspectives of, okay, if I'm doing the laundry, this is what I would do. And if, you know, the other person were doing the laundry, this is what they would do. And coming to a common ground, it helps to establish some consistency and manage expectation. I'm not expecting that if he does the laundry, he's going to do all of these other extra things that I would typically do. And that's, I guess I would say it just helps bring us to the same understanding. I guess it's not so much. I'm not expecting that he's going to do things to my standard, but it's more just, we are agreeing on what the acceptable standard is. And that helped to eliminate like probably 90% of the potential fights and disagreements and whatever, because there were things that he learned that I did when I'm completing a certain task. Like if he was going to take something off the plate, we might split a task. So like the meal planning and grocery shopping and making the dinners, we split that into two separate things. So his thing is cooking the dinners. And my thing is making the grocery list and making the meal plan and making sure that everything in the kitchen is stocked up. Like we get those two things. But if he needs to pick that up, like if I'm having a super busy week and he needs to take over with making the meal plan and everything, he knows all of the different pieces that go into that task. And so it's not like he's going to totally drop the ball on doing a basic quick inventory of our pantry to make sure that we have what we need for the recipe. And then I get pissed because it's how could you not do that? That's like 
something that I have to do every single time. And then it's like building resentment and frustration and it leads to this fight. It like circumvents all of that. So even though it takes a really long time and it's almost, oh my God, can we just be done with this already? Take the time to go through all of the different tasks, especially ones that you might like throw back and forth occasionally because that's going to eliminate any miscommunication issues. I really love that whole idea because it really tackles the idea that like when you're goal setting with a client, you always have them or when they're writing their to-do list, you always have them list every like little step underneath because you know, in the case that you use with meal planning, that's going to show you how big that task or cooking is going to, it's going to show you how big that task really is because there is meal planning, shopping, prep, Mm -hmm. the actual putting together of the meal. Whereas like something like vacuuming is just like a pretty standard one-off thing. And so it shows you that there's like a lot more labor underneath certain tasks, But also what you said about the sort of mental responsibility, if you are the person like who generally used to do that task or whatever, you do have that list of five things that go along with meal prep that maybe that person doesn't know. And so you still feel you're somewhat responsible for it because you have to be like, oh, don't forget to go grocery shopping or don't forget to check what we have in the pantry. And you want them to be able to take over that sort of mental responsibility as well. So I feel like just having a list of exactly what goes into every task just eliminates that feeling that you still need to be responsible for overseeing everything that's getting done. So I love like that whole kind of concept of really breaking it down. Yeah. And that's something that I found was one of the biggest benefits of doing this is the fact that by reviewing all of the tasks, having an equitable split between the two of us and understanding like the standards of what has to happen to complete each task. That allowed me to just like offload that from the constant like background Mm-hmm. lists that I have going on in my mind and like probably any parent can relate where it's like you constantly are thinking 48 hours or a week ahead of time and thinking about everything that needs to happen and the fact that I didn't have to think about like when should I start cooking dinner mm-hmm. and when do I need to start doing this task? And like, how am I going to fit that into my schedule? I didn't even have to think about that. Or even has this gotten done yet? I probably need to remind him to do that. Even though that's his task, Mm -hmm. I offloaded all of that mental load. And it's really crazy how much mental space that freed up for me. Like the programs running in the background (laughs) take up so much of your mental energy without you even realizing it. And so when I didn't have to think about all of those things that I gave him or that he said, I will take this on, like I just had 
so much more mental clarity and I felt like I had more energy and that's a huge benefit by the way and this is maybe something that you can use in your conversations is pointing out some of the benefits of doing this exercise and creating a little bit more even of a split is that it's going to make you more fun. It's going to make you more relaxed. It's going to make you more playful and like you're able to be more present and like majority of the time your sex life improves too because it's like you actually feel like you have some energy at the end of the day. All of those things are big benefits that are going to hugely impact your family life and your relationship. And so it might also be helpful to bring some of those things into the conversation when you're broaching the subject of why you think this is a good thing to talk about and explore. Yeah. And my one little extra tip to all of this is don't be afraid to gamify the chores. Anyone that knows me knows I love (laughs) competing and I love challenges. So you can basically use the gold star thing you do with your kids, with your spouse. So whoever completes the most chores in a week gets an extra special prize or even daily. I also, in my relationship, we will sometimes play a game to decide who has to do certain chores around the house. It just makes it like I'm, I tend to be a little bit rebellious about domestic abilities. And so knowing (laughs) that I have to do something the next day drives me nuts. But if we can like play a game or rock, paper, scissor for whatever that particular task is, it makes it a little more fun to do. Don't be afraid at all to bring some playfulness and some games into the household stuff to make it just a little more interesting. Ah, that's such a good tip. I love that. We need more play and fun in our lives as grownups anyway. Exactly. That's a super good tip. (laughs) We need gold stars too. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. That just about wraps up this episode of the Brazen Podcast. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend who needs to hear it. And be sure that you're following the podcast so that you don't miss any episodes that are coming up. And with that, we will see you next week. Keep being brazen.